Today is Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. The church deacon wins his case against the city over their COVID restrictions. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast. We're bringing news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe, leave a rating, share it with a friend, email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Joining me as always to get through the news of the Cray, Billy Hallowell, Trey Gons Phillips. What's up, fellas? It's hump day. How's it uh, going? Well, Uh-oh. you know, I'm, I'm, no, it's all good. Okay. I'm my, all right. I'm my third cup of coffee. There so I'm go. feeling very invigorated. <laughs> right. So I'm like hyper energized. The energizer bunny over there. If everybody could see our cameras, Billy's actually like slightly vibrating while he's sitting. I, I'm, I am here. I am ready to go. Yeah. I believe the term around the office that we use when Billy's in this mode is out of control. But you uh, actually did. He actually did say that to me before we started, <laughs> just so everybody yeah. knows. It's true. OOC for short. We just know when you type that, you know. Oh, be on the lookout. There we go. What? Uh, so what do we have coming up on the podcast today, fellas? Well, we're going to be talking about a woman who was once the number one New Age author in the world, finding Jesus. A pretty cool story. All right. And Trey, you caught up with Matthew West, who is, of course, the very popular Christian singer and songwriter, author, all that other good stuff. And uh, we've got a conversation with him. What'd you guys talk about? Yeah, we talked about actually a whole lot of things, but the clip that we're talking about in this segment is actually just about authenticity and fighting back against the lies, I think, that so many believers we face when the enemy comes at us. Yeah. And just staying positive and, and throwing scripture back at the enemy, I think, is, is so important. So we talked a bit, a bit about that. All right, looking forward to that conversation. Always good to catch up with uh, Matthew West, so we'll have that in a few minutes. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. And a church deacon in Idaho secured a legal win against his city. This was after, you might remember, we covered it on CBN and Faithwire. He was arrested for supposedly violating these COVID-19 uh, restrictions when they did an outdoor psalm sing, as they called it. This was back in 2020. Gabriel Wrench said, I feel vindicated by the judge and disappointed that the city made me have to clear my name for three years. And the event was organized by Christ Church, a local evangelical congregation where Wrench was serving as a deacon at the time. The protest, uh, you know, the psalm sing was just about 20 minutes of them singing psalms in front of City Hall. Uh, where they had these small yellow dots six feet apart as for social distancing. An intruder broke into uh, Joint Base Andrews in Maryland, where the Presidential Air Force One planes are kept. The Doomsday plane is kept, the one that you can run the whole government from in if need be. And a agent fired a single shot, and then security arrived to arrest the man. He remains un- unidentified. More than 7,000 people now have been confirmed killed and ten of, tens of thousands of injured in that earthquake in Turkey and Syria on Monday. Rescue efforts are underway. If you want to help, head on over to ob.org, Operation Blessing, uh, CBN's organization that is on the ground and getting uh, relief efforts there. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at cbnnews.com. Guys, that, that earthquake just keeps getting worse and worse. There's some 5,000 buildings at least that have collapsed. And so just a horrible situation there. But uh, CBN's Operation Blessing does fantastic work. And so they are organizing now to get um, relief and help to the people in that region. But just just an incredibly crazy earthquake. 
It is. And I mean, you, you think about that, um, the amount of loss of life, and then how do you rebuild from there, right? I mean, it is such a monumental task to get those buildings back up and running. You think of people's homes, running water, electricity, the things that you need to survive today. So yeah, it, it's going to be a very long uphill battle for them. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just think these situations are so difficult because it's a natural disaster and it destroys everything that was there. So a lot of times the, or it can, they have the, the potential to destroy things. So when bad things happen, I think a lot of times we rely on what's normal, like what's there and what's, you know, we can, well, we can rely on this thing and this thing and this thing. But whenever there's a natural disaster, you don't know if any of those things are actually going to be available to you because supply chains can get messed up. Obviously, you know, people can't reach other people. So it just devastates you in so many different ways. And there are so many layers to it. So I just think certainly being being in prayer for people who are impacted by this by this earthquake is is so important. Absolutely. And uh, I want to rewind a little to the first story I mentioned there in that news segment. The church deacon that we've interviewed on our podcast before Gabriel Wrench I think we interviewed him at the time on that of that arrest and of the yeah. quote unquote public health order. And we're seeing this often, guys, that these overreaches that constitutionally minded people at the time were saying, hey, wait a minute, you can't do that. Um, those you can you see it more and more. It's coming around where the chickens are coming home to roost, so to speak. They're, the, the governments that impose these things are losing so many cases, and this is the latest one. Yeah, but here's the thing. It's one thing to lose it later on. It's another thing to allow it to happen in the first place. Yeah. You know, so, so it's actually troubling that it happened because that means it could happen again. And great, you know, you win the battle later on, but guess what? If you didn't fight it, you still would have lost, and, yeah. and it still happened to you. You still had to go through it. So it's actually concerning to me that this stuff has been allowed to even fester in this way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's that these cases end up even being cases to begin with, I think should be a concern to us generally as, as Christians. I know so much of this happened in Canada during COVID and California was another big, uh, big, big area for a lot of these kinds of restrictions and even parts of New York city, like with the Orthodox Jewish communities so that these kinds of cases and these religious liberty infringement issues are even happening uh, in the United States is not something that I would have imagined would be things that we would be writing about or covering. Um, but it's concerning to me that some people will read these stories or hear about these things and be like, yeah, but that's a fringe thing. Like that's not happening like everywhere. I think, yeah, if we have that mindset, a story after story after story, then I think that's how it becomes commonplace. Yeah. And I, and I think there's a tendency to kind of shove things down the memory hole I yeah. saw there's a few accounts that will occasionally bring up a picture from the earlier on in the COVID era of things people were saying. And I mean, I'm telling you, there's going to be incredible documentaries and people are going to be like, what? That happened? I saw a picture that someone had, and I remember this happening. I think it was in California. There were people on a beach and they're surrounded. It's like three people, a family by themselves. And they're just, no one's around them. And they're on a beach. And they're surrounded by police officers in masks. And they're eventually essentially getting fined or arrested or whatever the, whatever the penalty was for violating these COVID orders. And it was just insanity based on fear. And we did some really outrageous things. 
We did. And I, and I think self-reflection is important, but I feel like our country is also becoming less and less attached to constitutional oh, values, it seems, yeah. right? So if this happened in 10 years, what would it look like? If it happened in 15 years, what would it look like? It's just, it is very disturbing when, when very few people can even name that religious freedom is part of the First Amendment, and we're seeing that show up yeah. in polling. That we've got we've got an uphill battle to educate people. Yeah, and yeah. what well, and I just wanted to add that I think there are definitely political um, radicals, particularly on the progressive section of Congress, that are not fans of some of the limitations in Congress, and they they don't make a secret about this. Um, even President Obama himself talked about the Warren Court not being radical enough, and you know you see things like, hey, maybe we should pack the court. Hey, maybe we should get rid of the Electoral College. I mean, all these things, you know, that are put into the Constitution and form our government, you just see a lot of times there are groups of people in Congress who want to get a move away from that. They don't think it's good. Yeah. Well, I, so I think the two things that you're we're constantly contending with are safety and freedom, right? That's yeah. just kind of the, the balance that you try to strike between those two things. And I, we live in a culture that's where one we're isolating and insulating right so we're isolating ourselves from everybody else and we're only being within our silos and then we're insulating ourselves so i think this next generation is like well i don't care about anybody else i just care about myself and my safety and my comfortability um so i think there there's this pendulum that swings back and forth and it's swinging so far in the direction of safety that's like nobody's even well i don't care as long as i'm comfortable as long as i get what i want uh, then I don't care if anybody else's rights are, are infringed upon. The Obviously, the the bad thing about having that perspective is eventually the pendulum swings and it hits you because you're now, uh, you know, have a target on your back and it's your freedoms that are getting attacked. So Yeah, yeah indeed. Well, I mean, it's certainly something we will not stop reporting on when the governments expand and push the limits of the Constitution and we will continue to follow up on these cases that um, eventually get decided and hopefully more of them like you said billy it's horrible and shocking that it happens in the first place these overreaches but it's uh at least there's a backstop there for now i mean if, if that went away it would be double trouble because they they wouldn't even be getting you know the right the right decision made after it and, and justice being done but uh, uh at least we're seeing that in a few cases here all right, let's head on over to our next story here, and we've got a pretty interesting testimony, and one of the more well-known figures in the New Age movement has uh, co converted, or they did convert, and um, it's a crazy story. So, Billy, uh, what's uh, what are the details here? So, her name is Doreen Virtue. She was a best-selling author. As you were saying, she was probably, I think she was the number one best-selling author in the New Age movement just a few years ago. Um, and she, what's so interesting about her story is she grew up believing she was a Christian. She thought even during her new age time that she was a Christian, but she came to discover that that was not mm. the case. Uh, but she was really well known for these Oracle cards, these cards that were called, they're, they're angel cards. They're very similar to tarot cards that she not only would read, but she actually created her own angel cards and became very well known for that in addition to writing books um, and would sell these products all over the world, travel all over the world, hobnob with celebrities. You know, she was essentially a, a psychic and somebody, again, in the New Age movement. Um, and so she had this really remarkable turnaround 
after 2015, she heard a sermon on the radio, um, and that sermon on the radio, she was always curious about other religions, so she listened to it. It got her thinking, and it wasn't until 2017 when she was reading Deuteronomy, which obviously talks about the occult and avoiding the occult, where it really dawned on her that she was violating all of these things in Scripture and that she actually wasn't a Christian. She was actually living in a way that uh, defied God. And so she had a conversion experience, became a Christian, and now she's sharing that testimony. But it's just, it's a remarkable testimony, again, You're the best-selling author in this area, leading people all over the world astray, and then you find Jesus. Mm. Pretty remarkable. Yeah, certainly is. And uh, what what led her to start to consider the change? Yeah, so she you know she heard that sermon, she read the Bible, but it was really that introspection of looking at her life. Right, she started to see that the New Age movement was actually evil. Right, that Mm. these things that she thought were giving people goodness and peace. We're not actually doing that. She talked about in her own life how as she was sort of journeying through and and seeing the advice she was giving to other people and taking the advice for for herself, it would lead her to divorce or it would lead her, you know, she would basically follow the oracle and then find herself in a really bad position in, in her life. So she talked about how this advice is actually dangerous advice that some of it, yes, some of the future can be predicted, not with 100% certainty, but it's a very dangerous future, mm. uh, which is actually a really interesting way of, of explaining it. And she goes into more detail about that. Um, but but one thing she said that was really pertinent, she said, I didn't realize that the devil will use people to further his deception. And I was being used by the devil thinking that I was getting rewarded mm. because she had money, she had fame, she had all these things, but yet was not, was miserable. Right. So that's what really led her, all of those factors then discovering scripture. Yeah. Wow. Really incredible. And, uh, what, what is she doing now? So the part of her story that's a little bit heartbreaking is that she has all these products that people are still selling these books that people are still selling. She's not involved in them. She's not profiting, but she can't stop it. Um, and you know, she talked about the fact that it's really difficult knowing that she's led people astray. She said, I'm devastated that some people may be in hell now because they were following my work. And that's something that weighs on her. So she now spends her time trying to undo um, her work. She's written articles for Christianity Today. She shared this story um, as much as she can because she wants to tell people, don't buy my products. So now she spends her time telling them, don't buy any of those things that I created. Wow. Well, and I think sometimes when somebody is like that deep in uh, a world that's not biblical, that's anti-God, when they come out of it, I mean, it just makes their testimony that more powerful and they can reach people because they know what it's like in in those movements. But uh, why did why? So that's one reason it matters. But why else do you think it matters? Yeah, I mean, I think I think all of these stories deeply matter because they show us that it's never too late to change. And, mm. you know, we, we see all of these people, you know, we're coming off of the Grammy Awards, that horrific display that we that we've talked <laughs> about. Right. You see these things and it's really easy to get really angry and to think that person's hopeless. You, they'll never come around. But you have no idea if somebody like like this woman can have this happen to her. Anybody can have it happen. Yeah. And that's what I love about elevating and telling these kinds of stories. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even you just think of Paul in in the Bible, and he's, of course, one of the biggest persecutors of Christians, hated Christians, was persecuting them, and then becomes arguably the greatest follower of Jesus of all time, or at least the most influential. And so you can see God 
probably even sometimes makes it a point to use unlikely people just so it's more obvious of uh, what he can do uh, when when um, he gets involved and when people believe in him and the change that can happen. It's it's even more remarkable when you see a dramatic change like that. So, um, all right. Appreciate you bringing that story, Billy. That's going to head us into the main thing here. And um, Matthew West, of course, the award-winning singer-songwriter, author as well. He's uh, achieved a lot personally and professionally. Most of us are familiar with him, but that doesn't stop the enemy from attacking him and making him feel like he's not enough in Jesus. So he opened up to Trey about how he fights the lies of the enemy on today's Main Thing. Matthew West is a fixture in Christian music. In addition to being known for his award-winning songs, Matthew is loved by his fans for his authenticity and upbeat personality. We recently sat down with Matthew to talk about how he fights off spiritual attacks that could keep him down. How do you combat that in your own life? The negative self-talk and the shame that you, as Christians, anybody, is is able to take on and kind of rest in. How do you set that aside uh, and put it in its right perspective uh, and still be authentic and, and transparent in your own life? Well, I mean, that's man, we're going deep now, dude. Let's go. Um, I, I mean, honestly, man, if you if you looked through my songs and lyrics, like you'd notice the theme of, of God's grace that I center on so many times. And it's, it's a lot of that comes from the moments where I'm about to walk on stage and like, I'll hear, you know, I'll I'll hear voice. That's like, who do you think you are is usually how it starts. Like you think, you think you're going to go out there tonight and like lift up the name of Jesus and like you were too busy to even read your Bible today. Like, who do you think you are? And I, I tell you that that phrase, who do you think you are, is something that like um, can just be a defeating blow for me when when the enemy wants to get me. It's like, oh, I'm a fraud. That's what I'm uh, because like I'm, g- I'm getting on stage and I'm supposed to act like I've mastered this and I am no master at all. Like, I, you know what I mean? And. And then I feel like the reminder of it's like it's not about who do I think I am. Like I love how the enemy can take things that sound accusat like he can make them accusatory, right? But but then like when when God is talking to us and when we choose to listen to the right voice, it's like, let me tell you who you are. <laughs> like, first of all, let me show you who I am. <laughs> And, I, and then let me show you who you are. And I, I've got a, a new song that's coming out in the new record called You Changed My Name. And my goodness, it's like I, I, I actually am just now thinking what I'm about to say for the first time. But I feel like I have a song that I can sing to myself when that voice comes to me when I'm backstage. Before I even get on stage, I can say and I've had songs like that in the past, you know. You know, let me tell the enemy, who do I think I am? Hello, my name is child of the one true king. I've been changed. I've been saved. I've been set free. Amazing grace is the song I sing. Hello, my name is child of the one true king. In some ways, I wonder how many of my songs have been written in response to that voice of the enemy that comes to attack me before I even go on stage. And so you know what? If these songs help give me uh, 
a, a voice back to to tell the enemy to to get behind me, then maybe they're helping somebody else do that too. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I, I'll tell you what, never more than right now in my life have I been convinced that the songs I'm writing are not just for the audience, but they're for the singer too. And, and in that sense, like, I feel like every time I write a song, it helps me. It helps me deal with shame. It helps me remember who God says I am. It helps remember not to beat myself up. It helps me remember that that the best chapters of my story could still be ahead of me. You know, it helps me not to be so hard on myself. You know what I mean? So these these songs are are helping me because they're they're drenched in the truth of God's word too. On Friday, Matthew's new special, My Story, Your Glory, with Matthew West at the Ryman, will air on TBN at 8 o'clock, 9.30, and 11 p.m. To hear our full, unedited conversation with Matthew, check out our other show, The Prodigal Stories Podcast, streaming now wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Trey, thanks so much for that conversation there with Matthew West, and that leaves us with time. For one last thing, and I want to look at uh, Matthew twenty two forty six. This is kind of the end of an interaction, a series of interactions with Jesus and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And he says, and it says, no one was able to answer him a word, nor did anyone dare from that day on to ask him another question. And guys, this just makes me think of this happens several times in scripture where, you know, the Pharisees are challenging Jesus and he responds in a way that leaves them speechless and I just think there's so many people who are wise in their own eyes today, and sometimes that's even us. And we think, we think, you know, oh, I, I know where God's wrong on this, or um, why is it done this way? And we question, or whatever the case might be. And you, you can just see in responses like this that uh, Jesus is just so far, you know, beyond our capabilities and our understanding. Well, yeah, it's like I would love to see somebody who's like, Jesus is a communist. Like, I'd <laughs> right, love to right. see them have that conversation with Jesus, right? I mean, yeah. exactly. You would get that amazing response that left you dumbfounded. I think so often we try to put God in a box. We try to fit him within our understanding yeah. and our mold yep. of, of what God looks like and what God should be. And I just think like we all do it or we're all susceptible to doing it. And I think, man, if we could just get outside of ourselves and believe in the God of scripture, as he describes himself, like he gave us everything we need to know him. Yet we are the ones that make it so complicated yeah. throughout our lives. Yep. Indeed. Indeed. All right, good place to leave it there on the podcast for today. Thanks, as always, for being here. Don't forget, you can hop on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com. Get more news from a Christian perspective. Stop getting your news from a secular outlet that could care less about God. We're putting God first here, and uh, we do it every day. So uh, glad you're here. Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. with us. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise. We'll be back here tomorrow with more of the same. Friday Junior's coming up next. See you then.